covenant reading this evening is Psalm 115. Psalm 115, we'll be reading the entire psalm together. This is the word of the Lord. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you Okay, breaking down is never a good thing, even, even at the best of times, right? It's not fun. 
And so it is with this confidence that they cry out to him in their need. But there's also a sense in this song that Israel is asking God to vindicate his own glory. They're, they're not asking God to help them because of their merit, right? They don't come to him and say, you know, God, um, we've been offering an awful lot of sacrifices to you. Like, haven't you noticed? We, we brought, we did really good, God. They're not saying they're asking him to help them for the sake of his own glory. They're saying, God, we are in trouble. Hear us and answer us. Glorify your own name by helping us because of your steadfast love and faithfulness. That's who you said you were, and now we're asking you to do what you have claimed that you will do because of who you are. God, don't let your glory be dragged in mud. We aren't worthy of God's deliverance. There's, there's never a point where we can come to God and say, you know, God, I, I got into a little trouble over here, but haven't you noticed how good I'm doing it? Haven't you noticed all the things that I've done for you? There, there isn't a time when we can do that. We don't earn God's favor and God's help by our merit. We place our hope in the fact that He has respect for His own glory. Isaiah 48, 11, the Lord Himself says it this way, for my own sake, for my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. Now we don't exactly know what trouble the people of God are facing here. It doesn't really say. It's just they're crying out to God. It's a time of trouble. But we do know that whatever has happened to them, the nations are pointing at them and taunting them and saying, you're God. Look at the messenger. You're God. He's not going to do anything. Hey, we also remember that that happens, right, to Hezekiah when Sennacherib comes. And Sennacherib comes and says, you think God is going to help you, but it's not going to happen. I conquered all the other gods, and I'm going to do the same to your God. Right, so that's exactly what's going on here. The, the nations are saying, you're, you're done, people. Your God is not going to help you. In mocking Israel, the nations are mocking the living God. God has bound himself to his people. He has adopted them by his covenant. He has tied up his glory with the welfare of his people. Think about how crazy that sounds. He will not let anyone take glory away from himself. If he does not come to help his people, the nations will say, your God is just a faith. He couldn't come to help. So Israel responds to the mockings and the tauntings of the nations by saying, we don't understand. Our God is in the heavens. He's not him. He's the only true and living God. He alone has all power and authority. It is the gods of the nations that are powerless to help their worshipers. Look here at verses 4 through 8. The psalmist writes, Their idols are silver and gold, they have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. Now, these verses here are in direct contrast to verse 3, 
will answer and help because he is concerned with preserving his own glory. God is glorified in you. You are his purchased possession. He sent his son to die for you. Do you think that he's going to let his name and his glory that he won for himself in Jesus Christ, do you think he's going to let that glory be dragged through?
prayed three times for it to be delivered. And yet, in that prayer for deliverance, he was ready to accept whatever God's glory required. See, God may be glorified by using you as a witness for his name in whatever trouble you find yourself in. Kind of like we talked about this morning, right? God makes his word to go forth through means that we don't always expect. He might be glorified through your continuing sanctification as he he may be glorified as the things of earth grow dim to you, and the glory of heaven becomes more and more of a present reality. Our God is the only true and living God, and so cast yourself upon him and glorify him. And the, the opposite of trouble is, is true with this as well, isn't it? Right? You find yourself not in a time of trouble, but things are going relatively well. You praise God. Glorify Him. Say, God, I want you to be glorified in what I am going through today, even though the times are good. And things are just kind of clicking and moving along well. I want you to be glorified in this. Glorify the God of heaven. Second, trust in the God who blesses. Because the Lord is the only God, trust in Him. Look at what it says here in verses 9 through 11. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. This is a very clear call for all believers to trust in the Lord. And I think the repetition of the three verses, right, is just over and over again, it creates an emphasis. All you people of God trust The Lord answers and helps all who trust in Him. All trust in vain idols will be disappointed because they're powerless to do anything. They're not real gods, and so if you trust in them, you, you will be disappointed. But our trust in the Lord will never be disappointed because He is the true living God. He is the God who has covenanted to be with His people. God as a help and a shield would have been very relevant to the people of God. Been very comforting. Remember, they're, they're in trouble. Something bad is happening. They need help. They need protection. God is the divine warrior, as it were, who stands between his people and their enemies to defend and protect them. You know, remember when Elijah was up on the, was in the city, and uh, I guess the Syrians come to get him. And his servants kind of freaking out, you know. And he says, uh, he says, Lord, open his eyes. What's all about him? They're surrounded by the angels of the Lord. Between them and the armies, God had come to defend his people and his servant. And the psalmist here, by the Holy Spirit, is telling God's people, if you trust in God for the help that you so desperately need, your trust will not be disappointed. Trust is believing that God is sovereign. He is in heaven and he does what he pleases. We are on earth and we are very limited in what we can do. Even, even with our modern technology, modern science, modern medicine, and we've accomplished great things, right? We put rockets into space. We, we do a lot and we think, oh, look what man has done. But even in that, we are limited. Trust is believing that the idols are powerless in comparison to God. 
When we trust in other things, we are limited to what those things can offer. Right? That's what it says about the idols. Those who trust in them become like them. What is that? Well, the idols are powerless. If you trust in them, you're powerless too. Think about this. If you, if you put your trust in money, just an example, it's going to apply to a lot of things. But let's say you put your trust in money. Well, you're limited to what money can buy. You're also limited by what happens to your money. You know, like you put your money in the stock market and you think, all right, that's, that's going to get me through retirement. You're limited by the fact that the market controls your money. And if the market completely bottoms out and everything is gone, you go out of retirement, right? You're limited to, to what that can actually provide. Money can't buy things like happiness. It can't, it can't buy health. It can't buy restored relationships. So if you trust in that, like, we trust in God, there is no limit to what He can do, and He will surely bless us. Look here at verses 12 to 15. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made probably noticed here that verses 12 and 13 correspond directly with verses 9 and 11, right? It's the house of Israel, the house of Aaron, and those who fear the Lord, who are called to trust in the Lord, and it's precisely those three groups that God will bless. So what the psalmist is saying is actually quite obvious. All who trust in the Lord are blessed by the Lord. All who trust in their idols become like them, but if they're not blessed, Now, it talks here about the Lord remembering us. The Lord has remembered us, it says. When God remembers His people, it always refers to God acting on behalf of His people. Right? He doesn't just look at us and say, Oh, it's over there. No, He sees and He acts. Our God is a God who acts for us, a God who blesses those who trust in Him, and this blessing extends even to our children. That's how God's covenant blessing works. God is the creator of all things, and He is abundantly able to bless. If He can create the world, surely He is capable of blessing what He has created. The Lord didn't create all things and then walk away and leave us to ourselves. He entered into covenant to bless all who cast themselves. Table. That at the Lord's table, we see the promise and the seal of God. 
slip into placing our trust in other things. You know, here in the United States, uh, I don't know if you've noticed the cost of living is skyrocketing. It's it's getting hard to afford basic things. Like, I don't know about you, I'm just like afraid to go to the gas station. I'm like, I don't know about the gas station. Right? It's, it's that kind of thing, you know? The gas is gone up, food is gone up. You think about buying oil to keep your house or whatever. It doesn't matter what you have to buy to keep your house. The cost is going up, right? It starts to hurt. And sometimes our knee-jerk reaction to that is to say, we need more conservatives elected in office. That's what we need. That, that's what's going to fix this problem. They, they'll get us turned around. They'll, they'll help us get back to the way things were. Right? Like, how many of us have I can not raise your hand. You probably all know this a little bit. How many of us have said, you know, if the previous president was still lost, this wouldn't have happened. We kind of still did that. Or, you know, we think uh, we need conservative judges on the Supreme Court. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't. We do. But sometimes we put our trust in that, right? They're the ones that are going to help us overturn Roe versus Trust in God in your life and rely on Him to bless you. 
the third time in this song that God is said to be a God. He created the heavens. He dwells in the heavens. He is the sovereign creator and ruler of all things and all people. And he has graciously given the earth to man as his dwelling place. Right? This shows God's fatherly care for his creatures. He created all things. He created us. And he provides for us. And the implications of this are that we are bound to praise him and worship. It is God who pours out love and faithfulness, and so He is the one who is worthy to receive all worship and praise for all eternity. We trust in God, and He gets all the glory. See, blessing God is the antidote for idolatry. The one we trust is the one that we will worship and praise, and the flip side of that is true. The one that we worship and praise is the one that we God does not deliver his people, they will surely perish. And if they perish, who will be left to praise him on earth and bear witness to his salvation in Christ? Think about that. That's what the psalmist is talking about. The dead don't praise the Lord. The Lord, if we are destroyed, there won't be anyone to praise him on earth. Your witness on earth will be snuffed out. But God has not left us to be destroyed. And so while we have breath, we are called to respond to God's grace and provision by praising Him with our lips and with our lives. We bless God because He blesses us. And we will bless God for all eternity. The worshippers of idols will perish, but because of Christ, we will spend an eternity blessing God. How will we face life's troubles without falling into idolatry? How will we face the good times in life without following into our knowledge? Glorify God as the only true God. Ask Him to glorify His own name in you. Trust in Him who is our helper and our defender. And bless Him. 